welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, we're talking about spending money on games. Who are you? I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> I was just checking to make sure my levels were good, that's all. Oh, okay. I forgot to introduce Testing myself. Testing it though. out live. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I'm Chris. Kitty's not here. Um, yes. And we have done an episode on the value of games, which is kind of like spending money. And I have tried to justify the amount of money I spend on specific games, which is kind of like spending money. But lately, I've been wondering why we spend money on games at all. Um, maybe not any amount of money. Sometimes that seems reasonable. But I think collectively, as a gaming community, we tend to spend a we are spending larger and larger amounts of money on games. And I'm just wondering why. So we're going to look into that. <laughs> that's that's it. That's the whole thing. That's the whole subject. Um, but first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sarah Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Um, Michael is our newest listener, Patreon friend of the show. And I had to up the limit to six he reached out and said please 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 let me give you money um fun fact if you do that i probably will say yes so i do want to thank all of our other patrons as well um fletcher how are things things are good this is not the question that you said you were going to ask me Uh, I wanted to throw you a curveball. Plus, I haven't even talked about Zoom and joining us as our live recording. <laughs> TabletopGameTalk.com slash live. Monday nights, 8.30 Central Time. Join our Discord. There's a link in the show notes. Join our BGA group. We're we're going to be starting a new tournament very, very soon. I haven't decided what it is yet. Probably Seven Wonders. But, um, yeah, we'll be doing that soon. So, Fletcher, um, how was your weekend? So, last weekend, or I guess this weekend, however you want to phrase it, uh, I was pretty much sick over the weekend uh i'm pretty good today uh yesterday i was feeling a bit better today i'm pretty much pretty much 100 percent again not i'd say like 95 percent. so tomorrow i should be fine but yeah thursday friday saturday i wasn't feeling so great i don't know what it was um i don't know if it was it, it felt like a cold i got like a little bit of a sore scratchy throat um kind of like sore that kind of stuff sore achy I think most people call that fall and or COVID. <laughs> well, I don't get fall every year and it could have been COVID. I don't know. I didn't bother taking a test or anything because I never go anywhere and I'm just at home all the time. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was like a little bit of a cold. The only thing it did was delay me from getting my flu shot. So I was like, wait, I can't go get a flu shot now over the weekend when I'm sick. So now I have to wait for this to pass and then get my flu shot. That was the only annoying thing. Um, but then you last reminded weekend, me that I need to get a flu shot. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last weekend you stood us up and forgot you did a podcast. So there were so many things going on that day and I can't believe I, I totally forgot. Um, but I, like number one, we had family, family over and then we had some friends over some friends who couldn't make it to the housewarming party that we had a couple days before they wanted to come over like, Oh, we're free. So they came over and then they're like, Oh, let's go to this bar that's down the street. And then also that day, at 10 o'clock, I had another release that I had to be present for at 10. So, like, I kept on watch, watching my watching the clock. I was like, okay, I can't stay out too late because I have to, you know, I can I can have one beer, but then I have to get back home because I have to be at this release at 10 o'clock. And then I looked at my phone, and then I saw that I had, like, four mixed, missed text messages from you guys. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man. That's all right. We understand where your priorities are. Yeah, the bar. <laughs> the bar i mean it's a pretty good priority and i can't well kitty can't give you too much of a hard time i think in the last like six episodes all three of us have been here once maybe twice <laughs> um <laughs> but that's all right we, we manage but i was gonna do the this episode was supposed to be going through gaming phases and i wanted to talk to kitty about her phases because like so i figured that was a better three people topic yes and for money i figured we're about as opposite as you get for how we treat money so i'm like okay this, this <laughs> wait how we treat money or how we treat money with games um maybe both <laughs> we'll find out we're gonna dig into it uh first though we do have a winner to our next station london tournament i don't know if we had decided on it last 
week already. I know I hadn't drawn winners for um, who was going to get the premium memberships, but um, Courtney slash Last Cocoa Bean on the, the Discord and on BGA ended up coming in second, but taking home the title because I came in first, and that normally doesn't happen. Um, yeah, that was that was a hard fought. Um, I'm not going to rematch anybody, so I'm done. I'm just retiring, not playing the game anymore. <laughs> Might as well go out on top. But uh, yeah, so congratulations, Courtney. Everyone did a great job. Let's see. Michael Y2 was the second and Just Joe or well, was third and Just Joe was fourth. Um, and it was so close. Like it was really just uh, that last line. It was came down to the last few cards in the order that they came out. Uh, but it was a fun, fun tournament. We will be drawing winners at the end of this episode. So in group one, there were 19 players, but two of them don't qualify. So that's me and Kitty. And in group two, there were 18. And I think all of them qualify because you were not in this tournament at all. And then in the final group, we'll draw one more winner and there'll be seven people who qualify there because I don't count of the top eight. So end of episode, we will do that. Um, let's see what else has been going on. I was on another Help from Future Self episode. I was talking before the podcast how I used to do all this like prep and get all stressed out before we hit record. And now if you're part of our live audience, you realize there is no prep whatsoever. <laughs> um <laughs> But Sydney, she's very, very like concerned about making sure everything's perfect and stuff. And she's like, we can talk about this. We'll do it in this order and this order. And then we'll do this. I'm just like, okay. All right. Okay. All right. (laughs) And then we hit record and then it all turned out great. So it was a cool episode on how to build an alliance deck for the casual key forger. If you are interested in that kind of thing, check out Help from Future Self. Uh, And I did end up spending a day at Game Holcon. I got there... Probably just after lunch, probably about 12.30, 12.45 or so, and ran into a couple friends. And then Steve and Michael had already set up a Great Western Trail game. So we played Great Western Trail for mm, about three and a half hours. There was a teach involved and it was four players, but it was a very good game. Then we got a game of Homeworlds in. Then we played the Zombicide Roll and Write game, which it's a cooperative Roll and Write that's actually not that bad. I expected it to not be good, uh, but it... I would I would play it again for sure. So if you're if you like Roll and Write and you like Zombicide, check out the Zombicide Roll and Write game. It's pretty good. And I also made Steve play Marvel United because anyone who hasn't played Marvel United has to play Marvel United. So that was my Saturday. Um, hey, real yeah, Steve question. I did kill. I just everybody. thought about: uh, Are we going to record on Halloween next Monday? Oh, that's a good question. Um, maybe we record on Sunday. Okay. We might have to change that to Saturday because Sunday's my birthday. Maybe we'll record on Saturday. <laughs> um, all right. So for our live audience, keep an eye on the Discord and on the update page. We probably will not record on Halloween night because we have trick-or-treaters and stuff. And although they should be in bed by then, there's a lot going on that evening for people with kids. So we'll probably record a little bit earlier and... Um, may not have a live audience on that one. Good question, bringing that up. Yeah, I just thought about that. <laughs> I always, these things always sneak up on me. Like, I don't really, yeah. the calendar makes no sense to me anymore. <laughs> Every day just rolls and merges into the next. Like, it's just, uh, yeah, no. Um, all right, so I think that's all the news. I think that's it. Fletcher, why are we talking about money? Uh, because this was your chosen topic for this week. That's why we are, are talking about it. Oh, I could have suggested a, a topic, but uh, <laughs> you didn't ask and I don't volunteer. So that, that's the way that um, the show what goes. What would you have suggested? I'm curious. If I said, hey, Fletcher, it's just you and me. What's your topic suggestion? Oh, man. I don't know. I'd have to think about it for a little bit. Yeah, this is why I do the topic choices. Yeah, you're like this. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> It'll all work out. It'd probably, probably. be like, I'd probably, cho- I'd probably choose something that's like, count how many games you actually have and like rank, I don't know, your top 10 or something like that. And why? You know, we we almost never do top 10 episodes. Whenever we do, no, but this is your, your top 10 games that you own. 
This is different. The top 10 games I own. Yeah. Um, I own my top 10 games. Of course you sure. do. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to not own your top 10 games. Yeah. Well, you can. I mean, some people own, like, they'll have games in their top 10, but they don't own them because someone else owns them or something like that. But, um, I mean, that's a, that's a topic by itself, too. Playing games without owning a collection. That actually could roll in to this topic pretty well. That's like me. Ooh, I like Christopher's suggestion. Top 10 games I don't own. Now, that one would be tricky. There you go. Oh, that would actually be good. Huh. And then I have to answer the question, why don't I own them? It's like, I have 500 games. Why don't I own these 10 that and, I really like? And would, would, would they be in, I guess they maybe they wouldn't make it into your top 10, but would they make it into your like top quartile? Yeah, I would say top 100 would be a good split up. But even in top 250, with my top 10 games I don't own, would any of them be in my top 250? I don't know. I've never thought about my top past 100, really. <sighs> All right. Now you have me on a tangent. I'm going to I'm going to do that for sometime in the future. Those games take those games. Those episodes take a lot of prep though because I like to do some research on, you know, what I like and don't like and why I might like this that or the other. And I really have a hard time putting all games into a single list. So then I have that problem where I'm like, well, there's like 10 different categories of games. And here are my top 10 in each of these 10 categories, which is a great way to build a top 100 by the way. Um which maybe I'll do that. I already have like four of those lists, five of those lists done. Uh, anyway, money. This is why I own all my games, because I will just spend money on games. And I don't think I should. Fletcher, I have a question that's unrelated to games. Yes. What are your hobbies? You've asked me kind of like... See what I did there? It's kind of a backhanded <laughs> thing saying that ho- gaming wasn't a hobby of yours? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of clever. <laughs> um you've asked me questions like this before about like collections i mean what are my hobbies like obviously playing games um playing video games watching movies i like to watch movies over tv shows typically um okay and then i like travel i like traveling that's expensive but i do like traveling yeah Uh, those are the ones i would say you work I get enough notifications about you completing workouts. Why well, I always say working out seems to be a hobby of yours. Yeah, not not enough recently, but uh, yes, um, I usually do like to. Uh, I, I try to work out. Um, Going to get back into the swing, swing of that hopefully soon. Uh, I've been sick, so. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about traveling for a moment because I think that's the most expensive of the hobbies that you mentioned. How often do you travel? Well. Um, Carmen and I had a goal at the start of the year to travel one place a month. And I think we got to May or June. And when we had to stop, I think May, because we decided that we were going to buy a house. So we couldn't keep on traveling <laughs> if we were going to buy a new house. We had to save that money instead. Um, and now, um, where are we going for the rest of the year? So... Uh, we're going to go next month. We're going to go to visit my parents in Texas. And then in December, we're going to go to LA for Carmen's birthday. And then I think last month we actually also went to LA for my grandmother's uh, birthday. So we do travel quite a bit. All right. And so this, this all plays into obviously spending money, just spending money in general. And I'm going to be citing an article on bethebudget.com, an article titled How Much to Spend on Hobbies. Be the budget? I thought this, bethebudget.com. I just did a Google on how much money should you spend on hobbies, and that was the first one that came up, and I liked some of their points. So I'll cite some of those things. But I personally have big problems spending money on certain things and no problem spending money on other certain things. For example, I hate spending money on travel. Hate it. I hate spending money on hotel rooms, um, airline tickets, uh, food. I hate spending money on like going out to eat. You hate spending money going out to eat? I do. do there's, there's There's a line there, right? I don't mind going out to eat um if it's a relatively cheap so yeah i'll pick up dinner at mcdonald's for 20 bucks because it's dinner for 20 bucks that's not a big deal i'll go to a nice restaurant (laughs) well the thing is i'll go to a nicer restaurant and spend well not a nicer restaurant um i'll go to a sports bar 
and spend $100 to eat dinner there, but that includes drinks and things that I couldn't or wouldn't make at home, like wings and stuff like that. Like, I'm not making that at home. But you put me and say, let's go out to brunch, and I'm just going to say, nope, not going to do it. Not going to spend $25 for a stack of pancakes with too much sugar on it. I'm not going to do that. I can build, make that at home. And it's just like, it's it grates on me so much to spend money on things that I can actually make at home. And brunch, Mexican food, Italian food, um, those are the main ones. Those are the three big ones where I'm like, I hate spending money on that. Italian kind of food. Hate it. <laughs> what is Italian food? Throw pasta in some water, put a red sauce on it, maybe mix in some, I don't know, green flakes of some kind, and then you have your Italian food. Oh. You do not need to spend You're right. $45 That's exactly what Veal for an oversized is. pasta. Ugh. I'm just saying overpriced pasta, not going to do it. But that's that's the irrational. I understand it's irrational. And and when people call me out, I'm like, yeah, I understand it's irrational. But that's that's where my line is. But at the same time, I mentioned how much money I spent on the Keyforge Kickstarter a couple weeks ago. And I didn't even bat an eye at that, which is why I asked this question. Why do we spend money on games? And not everyone is spending that much money, No, but... Anyone who's backed a Kickstarter recently has spent way too much money on on that particular game. <laughs> and and it's a game that you've never played, probably have not played. You're you're spending money on the hope of this game being good. And then it gets to you 2, 3, 4 years later depending on how many pandemics happen. And you may just open it up and be like, uh. and then you pack it back away and the money's already been spent. Like, you're literally spending money on hope at that point, which is maybe that's why you do it. I don't know. And again, I'm guilty of this. But I'm just wondering, why? Why is it better? Why do I have less of a problem spending money on a game I'm not going to see for two years? <laughs> Josh was holding up some hope. I'm going to spend money on a game I'm going to not going to see for two years, but I won't spend money on a stack of pancakes that I can eat right now. I don't know. I, I have, Why, Fletcher? I, Why? I mean, I'm not Freud, but tell me about your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Let's see. Well, I was poor. That's true. Which is actually one of the reasons why I don't think I, if I have money, I spend it. Because when I was younger, we never had any money. So whenever we had money, it's like, oh, wow, I have money. I can go do something now. And I don't think that ever was trained out of me. As opposed to Sydney, she grew, grew up in a very frugal family. And she's very, like, very concerned about where she spends her money. She doesn't just, you know, throw it away. Her hobby is literally investing. And I'm like, okay. You know, she did reselling for a year and a half where her hobby was literally buying clothes and selling them for more. Like, that was her hobby. I'm like, that's sort of the opposite of what my hobby does. But I appreciate that there's two of us in this relationship. Okay, you do the saving for two. I'll do the spending for two. I'll do the spending for the, I don't know, 10. It's <laughs> it's just crazy. But so going back to just how we choose to spend our money, you don't spend a lot of money on games. Nope. Right? You don't own Gloomhaven. Nope. But you like Gloomhaven. I do. I bought the I bought the um, computer version. Yep. All right. Um, and you could actually, it'd be very interesting to see your top 10 games that you don't own, because I think those would actually be really good games. And <laughs> I would ask you, why don't you own them? So let's sort of do that right now. Cause I think Gloomhaven's on that list. Gloomhaven's a game that you really enjoy and you did not own it before. And actually, yeah, you did own it. And you got to the lion to Terrence. You never even opened it. Yes. If I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, it actually came, uh, Terrence gave it to me. I think he said he opened it and he looked at it and he was like, nope. And he gave it to me. <laughs> oh, he gave it to you. Okay. Yeah. And, but, but you did not buy the original Gloomhaven. You wouldn't have bought Jaws of the Lion. No. Why not? You like that game. Why wouldn't you buy it? Because I don't have anybody to play it with. Oh, you're throwing logic into the mix. <laughs> Well, that's sort of a problem. You have to, you ha when you think about your budget, you have to use only emotion. Must be all emotional spending. Because if you start thinking about it, then it makes too much sense. And then you <laughs> stop spending money on stuff that doesn't matter. Um, so what's the question? Why don't I, why don't I play? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you spend money on games? So, I mean, there is like the problem of who am I going to play this game with? And am I really going to get out this game and like 
try to play it by myself on our table. We have more space now in our new home. Um, but still, am I going to like try to, am I going to get out this game and try to play it by myself for like a few hours? Um, that's number one. Number two, um, where am I going to put it again? We have more space, but it's not unlimited space. Now everything <laughs> like can fit in a closet as opposed to like being stacked up on the floor. Um, <laughs> so it can be tucked away out of sight and not touched. Exactly. And like, it can be tucked away neatly as opposed to just like everything just piled up, like on the floor of a, of a closet, you know, just like if, if you want to get to it, it's like, all right, it's, it's that car's puzzle where you have to like take everything out, grab the thing you want, put everything back in. Hopefully it still stacks nicely. Um, so we have more room, but not unlimited room. And, and I'm just afraid of like getting too much stuff and having to put it somewhere. And board games are big for the most part, especially the ones I want to play. They're huge. Um, and so well, you don't want to bust buy them to have them. I don't want to just buy them to have them. I want to have, I want to buy them to I like actually play them and enjoy them, or at least really think that I really am going to play them. <laughs> I don't want to just, buy, I, I don't want to collect them. I, you know, I don't want to collect things that are huge. I don't even really want to buy books, right? Like I buy all my books digitally because I don't want to have to store. So them. I have gotten to the point where having a physical something isn't as desirable as it once used to be. When you talked about books, it's funny because Audible just sent me an email every month. They send me an email saying, hey, you have 10 Audible credits. And I'm like, oh, I should probably listen to more books, but I never have time to listen to anything because I don't travel anymore. And now I really kind of mean like, well, should I stop getting these credits accumulating on Audible? Because as soon as I do that, they're going to give me like three more credits for $15 because that's what they do to keep you around. But and like with we're talking about BGA and I own a fair number of games that I love to play on BGA and play a lot on BGA, but I own the physical copies as well. Do I need the physical copies? I don't know. I already own them. Um, Do you want to take the physical challenge? But some of <laughs> <laughs> it's I, 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 I like them. I want to have them. Um, Joshua asks, and this is kind of related. Am I going to back the Gloomhaven miniatures that are soon to come? And I'm like, that's an absolute hard no. I have so much gray plastic and so much desire <laughs> to paint all my gray plastic that the more gray plastic I have, the more I just get paralyzed with guilt of not painting all the gray plastic. So I'm like, no, no. One of the biggest advantages to Gloomhaven is it didn't come with monster miniatures because that game is already a beast to set up. I cannot imagine having miniatures on there. Plus, I will never play Gloomhaven outside the digital version ever again. It's just... Ah, I would love to be able to code in some house rules into the digital version, more so than Steam allows, but I am willing to play it by the rules just so I don't have to manage all the monsters. I wish that there was an undo uh, for for the move, because sometimes I, I, I like move my token, and it's like, yes, commit. And I was like, oh, wait, no, I didn't actually want to do that. But it's like the result hasn't happened yet. You know, like the next move hasn't happened. It's like, no, 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 I just want to go back and like not move there i want to move here instead and that gets me frustrated yeah the only thing you can do is you just reset you have to reset the whole turn i know and, and it's such a pain start it over <laughs> yeah yeah i would agree but that's the thing with the digital versions of things is like you just kind of bear with it like that we've been playing crack the code recently which is a new bga game which is a very it's a logic based figure out the numbers that your opponents either do or don't have, depending on the number of players. Um, but in the physical game, when you can guess is different than what you can do in the digital version. Well, the physical version of when you can guess is any time, and which is better than the digital version, which is only on your turn, which really just gives you drastic skews of first and last player advantages and stuff. Um, but that's the way that the game is coded, and that's how I'm going to play it, because that's how it's available. And I'm okay with that, and I will never buy that game. It's a game that I truly enjoy, but not one that I need to own. But uh, I don't know why. I mean, I I do... Maybe I should buy that game. No, I'm not <laughs> going to buy it. Because because this is, this is your point. I don't think I would ever play this game in person. Because even if, I, even if I wanted to play with Sydney, and I think she would play this game with me. I haven't introduced it to her yet, but I think she'd play. We would still just play it on BGA. Because it's easier to set up. Right. We just both sit down. I start a game and we go. Well, that's the thing. Like BGA has so many games that I would even like to play. Like, and it's, you know, free with people, you know, sitting there willing to play. Like, why do I need to go buy this game? 
All right. Here's my next question, Fletcher. BGA, why haven't you spent $30 to have a premium membership for a year? Because I don't know what that gets me. What does that get me that I don't already use? (laughs) It basically means you can start a game. You can start any game and you can do a couple other like minor. But there's so many games that people are already starting. I don't need to start games myself. I know, but it's not about that. It's about supporting the platform. But well, but what I'm saying is you do use that platform periodically anyway. And it's still something where it's like, I don't need to spend that $30 because it does it's not going to get me anything I'm not using. So therefore, I'm not going to do it. And that concept, I think, is valid. I think that your way of thinking about it is valid. Sydney doesn't have a premium membership either. And I get on her about this too. <laughs> I think those are valid. I'm just like... I don't understand it. What don't you under? Oh, what don't you understand about it? <sighs> I guess. So here's here's something, and and this is probably a disorder or something like that. Um, <laughs> and it's probably anyway. If I like something and I want to keep throwing money at it, and I want to like BGA, for example, it it costs thirty dollars a month to be a member there. Our it's, tournaments, wait, it's I literally a month? give away. $30 a year. Sorry, $30 oh, holy, a year. Holy crap. Um, but $30 a month would still be worth it, honestly, for the amount of time I play it. But for it's $30 you, yes. a year. It's <laughs> Yeah. It's like $2 a month. It's like $2.5 a month. It's so cheap. And But I want to keep giving them money, but there's nothing I can give them money for. There's no add-ons. I know. Or you started making just, games for them for free. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like you can't give them Here's stuff. My started, time. My time is hundreds of dollars an hour. You can <laughs> get that, that for free. But that's the primary reason why... The winners of our tournaments, or actually not winners, the participants of our tournaments, that's what I draw for, is giving BGA another $30 a pop. You know, because to me, that makes me feel good. I can, Maybe that's why I spend money. I spend money to feel good. But that can't be it. There has to be something else to it. But for the BGA side, that's sort of it. And so that's why I, I just kind of throw money at it. But I feel the same way when I was doing going to conventions. Any game I demoed. If the designer were there and the game was for sale, I would just automatically buy it because I felt like, you know, the designer worked hard on this and they're trying to sell their game. And it's like, all right, I don't think I'd ever play this game again internally. But at the same time, I'm like, but you know something, (laughs) you did a good job and I like you. So here, have some money and let me take this stuff that I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. Uh, that's probably that's definitely something wrong i mean i like lots of things too but i'm just like i don't have money to support all this stuff so i have to pick and choose what you know what i support and what i buy that is a great segue into this be the budget.com site because i expected to see i was looking for something that said hey hobbies are just hobbies It's fine to spend money on them, but you should only spend money on them if you actually have a bunch of extra money to spare or or whatever the case is. But their opening premise here is, and and I'm just going to read it verbatim, from a strictly financial perspective, spending money on hobbies might seem like a waste. But the truth is, hobbies can be a great way to improve your quality of life and maintain your motivation to pursue your financial goals. Like any other category in your budget, the key is to strike a balance between financial responsibility and spending monies on the activities you enjoy. Yeah. I never really thought of it that way, but it is sort of true. Like anything that you want to spend money on, if you're somewhat responsible, you're like, well, I want to buy this particular, I want to buy Gloomhaven. And Gloomhaven these days is like, uh, what, $250 or something crazy. Well, I can do that, but I may not have all that money right now. So I'm going to save for it. And when I get it, I'm going to appreciate it. But that saving for it is causing you to say, okay, maybe I'm going to work some overtime here to save a little bit of extra money. Um, When I was in high school, college, like that's really, actually, even after college, that's kind of the way... I would see things is, well, how do I make more money so I can get the things that I want? Which kind of leads you into a path of, and they actually mentioned it later on in here, um, one of the things you can do is if you want to spend more money on your hobbies is get a better job <laughs> or cut out other things. <laughs> Why don't you like, just make more All money? Right, that's, yeah, just go make more money. <laughs> it's like, so easy. All right, that's brutally honest. <laughs> but But I can see that though, right? I'm, I do not spend more money 
than I have on my hobby. But my hobby does spend, it does take a significant amount of my time. I get a significant amount of enjoyment out of it. So maybe the money that I'm spending on a game that's going to sit in the closet isn't really about the game sitting in the closet. Maybe it's about this, just that feeling of goals met or, and, you know, when I give away games, like I've given away probably as many games as I own at this point, it feels good to me to give someone else the ability to try out something that they wouldn't normally try because they weren't going to buy this. You know, if I give you, I give you Marvel Champions, right? Right. Try that game. See if you like it. Like you were never going to try that. No. But now we have something to talk about. And I can be like, hey, have you tried Marvel Champions since the last time we talked about it? Um, yes, it was. It's been a few months ago, but I did play as uh, some other characters because that's a much smaller game to get out. And it's basically kind of like one player anyway. Right. And it's, just, and it's easy to just kind of like pick it up, pull it out and play. Um, I have no idea why I have a complete collection of the game and <laughs> have no desire to play it. But at some point, I'm probably just going to pack it all up and say, okay, I'm just telling a full collection of Marvel Champions. That one I'm probably not going to give away because it's, it's, there's a lot of Marvel Champions there. And, it's, and people will pay for it. They'll pay for a full pristine collection of it. But I can see myself kind of getting rid of that. And this is when we talk about phases eventually. I believe I'm starting a phase where I'm pulling back on spending money and actually looking at building a quality collection or keeping a quality collection as opposed to just having a quantity collection. That's that good. doesn't stop me from spending money, though. I'm still doing it. <laughs> but it's on quality, I swear. It's on quality. <laughs> I think. I'm a little bit more selective, though. Like, I am a li- being a little bit more selective. Um, you know, we talked about Keyforge. I love Keyforge. And I this is a situation where I want to throw money at the company to see it succeed. Please. But, please succeed. <laughs> please succeed. Um, but like the last five things that I've backed on Kickstarter, uh, Dune War for Arrakis. This is a Simon game. And it was done by the same people who did um, War of the Ring. So I'm like, okay, I I love that game, the concepts of it, the story in depth. So I'm going to grab that. Um, uh, the other one I got was... Nec- or, Naturopolis, which is a the third standalone expansion to Sprawlopolis. This is an 18-card game. It's like nothing. Um, it's a great little solo game. Pull it out. You stores in your back pocket. You can play it just about anywhere. It does take up a decent amount of table space. Terraforming Mars, the dice game. Don't know why I got this. <laughs> because apparently I need everything Terraforming Mars. Even though you don't um, like it. I did like Ares Expedition. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't like the base game, but Ares Expedition... The dice game looks pretty good. Um, I got the Mosaic expansion. This is where they get me. They they ship the game and then release an expansion Kickstarter right away before I've had a chance to play the game. So I don't know if I'm going to like the game or not, but I got to back the expansion right now. Otherwise, if I do like the game and I didn't back the expansion, that's a problem. Um, so that's why I'm backing the Mosaic expansion. And plus, it's not that much more expensive than the game was. And then Core Quest, the um, expansion for that. That's for the kids in the near future. But that's it. Like, that's this year, I have not spent much at all on Kickstarters. Like, I can go back and I'm fairly certain. How much was Foundations that, of Rome? Uh, so, Foundations of Rome was at a con. And that was, I want to say, $250 for a game that should have been $25. But, it's but it had a minis. lot of plastic in it. Yeah, and it was really it, heavy. It's all the it's all the minis that it comes with, right? Right. Because it could just yeah, be like a tile laying a, game. It is. It is just a tile laying tile laying game. Um, and it. I mean, it's a it's a set piece game, right? You pull that out, and it's like you know, Ooh. there's a wow factor to it. And I do like the game, and I think it is easy to teach. It's easy to get to the table. Um, but that's like one of the new games that I've gotten this year. Most of the games I'm looking at, though, are expansions, things that I were added in. Like, I know I like the game, and this is an expansion to that game. Um, the, there is one on, I'm looking at Kickstarter, Arcs, which is from Patrick Leader, who d- did Root and Oath. And I think I like his design style. And this is a space version, his space game. So I'm kind of interested in seeing where this goes. So I took a chance on the designer there as opposed to knowing whether or not I was going to love this game or not. But 
it looks like it could be fun. And it wasn't I mean, crazy, let's be honest. You'll, you take chances regardless. <laughs> I do. I take more chances than most. Um, but I'm, again, that's one of those things where You're I'm like, trying to be a little bit more conscientious. The thought this one is futuristic and fun. Bye. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. It's true. I'm, I'm working there. I'm getting there. Oh, this is um, a 5X right, let's game? Talk about- What's the other X? I gotta <laughs> find out. Bye. <laughs> it has 25% more X. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I need to decide that. A 5X experience. <laughs> yeah. Now with 25% more X. Um, so what I'm... See, Terrence says Arcs was tempting too. Um, maybe when it comes in, Terrence, you can come over and you can be my excuse to play it. All right. So this budget, um, be the budget.com says a good rule of thumb for how much you should allocate to your hobbies is between five and 10% of your take home pay. And they say hobbies and recreational spending. Um, recreational spending is probably the most people's biggest piece of this, right? Is that, you know, you go to movies or um, concerts or just go out to a restaurant and, you know, all of that could be considered recreational spending. Um, but we'll we'll be talking about hobbies for this thing. So the example they use here is if you bring home $3,500 a month after taxes, then you can spend between $175 and $350 a month on hobbies. Um, I don't know what that number is. It's probably about 60 to 70K if I was, you know, quick math in my head um, for take home. Which is not a ton, especially and if you consider like... Um, you know, if you go out to eat a couple of times, that'll eat up the 175 to 350 pretty quick. Yes. And that's why you shouldn't spend money on brunch or Italian food or Mexican food. Mexican food is cheap. I don't know where you buy your Mexican food. All right, fine. I will. I just, I don't know. I guess I just don't like Mexican food because it's always the same thing. It's rice and beans and meat. What? You could say that about anything. Are you disappointed with pizza when there's always bread and cheese that shows up at the table? Um... No, but I don't get like calzones and then the like the always the various versions of pizza that are just basically pizza in a different shape. What? Because if you go to a if you go to an Italian restaurant, and I'm not saying that pizza is Italian, but the for the Italian restaurants that have pizza, you could get pizza or you could get a pasta or you could get I don't know what else Italian does. I don't go to Italian places that often. But they're Clearly. all different things. If you go to a Mexican restaurant, it is literally a shell, some rice, beans, and meat. And it's just cooked in various different ways, but it's all the same thing over and over. Um, anyway, it, I, I digress. I told not. you it's not a ra- it's not rational. <laughs> it's not rational. I think yeah, you just you order the same thing over real and over. Mexican food. You're like uh, fajitas. Well, I d- <laughs> <laughs> the fajitas are it. always the same. I do, they're always fajitas. Why every time I order fajitas are they fajitas? I guess you could say that for just about anything. I understand. I told you I'm not being rational right now. That's this money. I have no rational mindset when it comes to money um they do mention and well again 175 to 350 a month for hobbies and recreational spending that's not a lot of money that's a kickstarter these days but it's a kickstarter a month if you you know just eat ramen at home um also i don't think they consider food recreational i think it's more of the recreational outings that may have food and vets but um they do mention though that if you're struggling to make ends meet you probably shouldn't spend that much money on hobbies <laughs> so sage advice i i think that's good advice um in that case don't buy don't don't go to kickstarter and it is income based so if you have a lower income you're probably going to be lower on that percentage than if you have a higher income. Um, the example they use here is for someone who earns $10,000 per month take home, they may allocate 10 to 15% of their budget on hobbies. Assuming that they don't have Meanwhile, lifestyle earning 5000 a month. Right. Um, well, and that's the thing too, is the more money you make, the more money you spend. More it's money, just, more problems. It, yeah. <laughs> it's not, yes. I'll give you that. Um, so yeah, so there's there's a sliding scale here. But at the same time, like if you're making $10,000 a month take home and you're spending 15% of that on games, that's $1,500 a month. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. You don't need to spend that much money on games. And yeah, I think if you did, you wouldn't be able to play all the games that you spent money on and they'd end up sitting in the back room and eventually you'd end up giving them away because you don't have any more space for the new games that you bought that you <laughs> eventually never play so speaking for a friend i have no idea yeah. um just a th- hypothetical just in theory hypothetical 
Um, yeah, but then then they go into talking about how some hobbies are more expensive than others. Yeah. So they I use, like they to use collect golf cars as an example. <laughs> yes, I like. Yes, I am Jay Leno. I'm going to collect cars. But so they use golf as an example and how it can be very costly hobby, uh, especially if you're consistently buying new equipment and playing at high end courses. Meanwhile, other hobby, hobbies like hiking and drawing tend to much be be much more cost effective. Yeah. So Reading it's like, a I book. need a pair of shoes. And I'm just going to go walking. <laughs> Read a book. Yes. <laughs> Read a book from the library. Even <laughs> <cheaper>. Super cheap. <laughs> so there are spectrums here. Um I think what's interesting about the gaming hobby is it actually can run the entire spectrum. Uh, I don't know if it can run the entire spectrum, but I think it can go from well, think about it. cheap to mid-range. You can't compare it to collecting I mean, cars. Uh, no, 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 no. Not collecting cars. I don't, think collecting, I don't think collecting cars is a hobby that most of us would say is actually a hobby. So I, I would say that like maybe collecting cars would be tough, but it's like maybe some people are like... You know, they like to collect motorcycles or it's like, you know, what I really want is like a Shelby Mustang. So they save up over the course of like 20 years and they buy their like Shelby Mustang. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even like, I mean, if you want to go to the cars thing, um, tinkering, right? You're buying new things for your car, aftermarket stuff. You might be upgrading certain aspects of it. Like that can be an expensive (laughs) hobby. Yes. Look at my Toyota Corolla that can go super fast and like 22 (laughs) rims. Hey. It only takes one time of watching a toilet crawler like four feet off the ground with like a giant spoiler you know, LED lights underneath the giant spoilers. It's like, I've literally seen this. I'm like, all right, that's that person's hobby. Yeah. I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to go play with pieces of cardboard that are two and a half by three inches square. <laughs> that's much more rational. Um, but I think that like for games, you can love games and spend practically no money at all you do yeah like you can go play games anytime you want you don't really need to spend money on games you have friends who have games you could i got a friend you, know, that has you a really boat. want to gotta find that you have a friend boat. who has a boat <laughs> you can play games on a boat um like you don't need to spend money to enjoy the hobby you can go to game stores and play for free for games that are there sign up for um, bga you know bga all like you don't even have to pay for bga and you can play all these games so you can play on the very free side of games and then you can go crazy on the other side where you have gloomhaven you've played the whole game you're done with it now you own the digital copy and then you still decide hmm maybe i need to buy the miniatures for this game that i've already spent 200 hours on (laughs) so there is a spectrum there or i like Again, any anything, it's kind of ridiculous now because when I look at Kickstarter, if I see something in the $150 to $250 range, I'm like, oh, okay, that's reasonable. That's crazy. Because I've been like, I've been watching Kickstarter for almost a decade now. And at first it started out where Kickstarter games were, you know, in the neighborhood of 30 to 60 bucks. Gloomhaven, when it first launched, was a hundred dollars. Yeah, I remember that. Actually, I think it was $80 the first time, right? And now it's triple that, quadruple that in retail. And it's been a, I want to say slow climb, but it actually has been a pretty fast climb. It just seems slow because every time we buy something, it takes forever for us to get it. But it's it's interesting that we've changed the way we think about this. Terrence mentions League of Games, which that guy is starting to annoy me a lot. I still every once in a while click on his clickbaity titles, but wow, he drives me crazy. Um, but then Alex from Board Game Co., he's kind of in the same boat too. It's like he actually has a Patreon series of talking you out of buying games. You have to be a patron so that he can talk you out of buying Kickstarter games. But he's the same way. It's like the games now, what you wouldn't even consider a, of bought five years ago for $250. Now it's like, okay, that's the entry level. All right, that's reasonable. What's the all in? $750? Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> like it's, and, and for CMON games, it's kind of like that. Where, you know, you want to go all in, you're talking over $500 in most of these CMON games now. And if you look at the number of backers that are doing that, it's the majority of people who are backing the game are going all in. And then buying add-ons on top of that doesn't even, it's it's insane. So I'm I'm taking a step back and saying, do I really, really need to do this? Um, I still fail sometimes. 
I'm doing a little bit better. But yeah, I'm I I don't like I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. Uh, but this budgeting site has three uh, suggestions. Fletcher, have you ever lived on a written budget? A zero dollar written budget? Yeah, I do it now. I that's that's uh, I've tried doing it. So so for those who aren't aware, a zero dollar written budget basically means you write out every dollar you spend. And there's no slush fund. There's no nothing. It's like, you know where every dollar goes and you budget all of that. So you can have a slush fund, but you budget for your slush fund. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say it's like, I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on, you know, games or whatever. Right. So like for me, for example, I have a $200, um, like unexpected expenses, like line item where it's like something came up and I wasn't expecting that I needed to spend out of that. That's what I have. I... I have a savings. Well, so we have a joint account, and that account always stays at a certain minimum. Once it goes above a certain threshold, we'll take that and I'll say, hey, Sydney, put that investment or something like that. But we'll, I don't let that go below a certain minimum. So it's kind of the same thing, but I don't budget. I don't, I just don't budget. And I've never been good at it. And so I just don't. And I'm just like making sure that I don't, Spend more money than I bring in. That's my whole goal. I mean, that's, yes. <laughs> that's uh, that's <laughs> what you need to do. Make sure you don't spend more than yeah. you make. Now, that wasn't always the case. It wasn't until I met Sydney and decided like, oh, I'm getting married and starting a family that that actually became a priority. Before you married uh, my yeah. Well, my budget before I got married. So I remember I'm like 40 some years old, just like 41, 42 years old, single, like, yep, I'm never getting married. I'm dying alone. It's fine. My philosophy was he who dies with the most, most debt wins. So I'm just going to rack up debt and then eventually step in front of a bus and all the debt's done. Uh, and then I got married. I'm like, oh, <laughs> not crap, my problem I'm anymore. Pay off all this debt. <laughs> yeah. So I have responsibilities. So now I have a different thing, which goes into the second uh, point they say here is put your long term goals first. So as hard as it can be, when you are passionate about a hobby, it's important that you continue to put your long-term financial goals first. If you're trying to save up for a house or a retirement, make sure you're putting away enough money per month to do that. Then, only then, should you start spending money on your hobbies. Um, while hobbies and passions are an important part of your financial journey, they shouldn't cause you to derail you from your long-term financial goals. So, don't go to Kickstarter if you don't have the money to go to Kickstarter. <laughs> if, if, if you have trouble buying groceries and haven't... Uh... Consider what you're going to be doing for your retirement. Exactly. Peter gives me good advice. I don't think he's a financial advisor. Either am I. I'm just reading an article and then reading Peter's. Um, he says, if you have an emergency fund, try to keep it at 5000 or above, as that can handle most large, crazy stuff. Now, admittedly, that is very hard to do for a large portion of the population. Um, and it's different. If you're a single person, you probably don't need that much. But if you have a family of four, it's probably not a bad idea to prioritize saving up as much as you can just to have that cushion there just in case. Um, again, not financial advisors, just saying don't spend money on games if you can't feed your family. Yeah, I think that's good advice, right? That's not even financial advice. That's I, w- just I would say the, the first step is um, you don't have to go crazy like me and create a zero dollar written budget, but just get an idea of like, are you spending more than you make every month? And if you are, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Number three here is this one hits close to home. Know and avoid your spending triggers. So when Kitty and I were doing the Kickstarter edition, I was backing two or three Kickstarters a week. Then I had to like say, okay, no more. can't do that. We're going to do one Kickstarter a week. That's still over 50 Kickstarters a year. Obviously, Kickstarter is a spending maybe trigger for a me. year. Um, usually, it was more than that because every once in a while, I didn't call, count expansions. But um, <laughs> it was a lot. And so when we stopped doing the Kickstarter edition, my Kickstarter backing went way down way fast because I just stopped looking at things. I actually stay out of the news for the most part. There are a few things that I'll pay attention to. Like um, there's a new Cthulhu Death May Die Kickstarter coming up. No matter what amount Simon asks, I will pay that. Don't let it's them know. Like one of my favorite games of all time, whatever they're selling, I will buy it. So, yes, on that one. But there's others like the Marvel Zombie game like that they did. I had no interest in doing that. I don't want to know anything about it. 
don't care about zombies. You know, Marvel's fine. I have enough Marvel games. And I just didn't want to know anything about it. I did not want to be lured into it. And so I've been, that's how I've been getting around, like not spending as much money on Kickstarters. And most of the Kickstarters I have purchased lately are things I've already know about. And I already, like these are enhancing something I already have. Um, and Terrence does mention that the aftermarket on Cthulhu Death May Die is insane, which is true. It is like this game, the Kickstarter exclusives for the first campaign are like, they're just crazy, crazy in how much it costs when you put the campaign versus what they are on eBay right now, which I'm not even going to look, but it's insane. They've alluded to the idea that it's possible that they could be available in the next campaign, but I don't think so. They just did a contest where they're giving away um, one of the boxes, the unspeakable box, which is the Kickstarter exclusives for the first campaign. But that's uh, again, my point is FOMO, you can't have a fear of missing out if you don't know what you're going to miss out on. <laughs> Stay away from it. Horse blinders. Whew. Yeah. All right. The next two. Um, actually, the next one I think is is kind of funny. It's like, if you want to make more room in your budget for your hobbies and passions, one of the biggest things you can do is reduce your first expenses, such as <laughs> mortgage, <laughs> rent, insurance, car payments, yeah. student loan payments. Yeah. Sell your car and take like, the bus. All right. Exactly. Now, most people you could say is like, all right, how many streaming services are you paying for? Or, yeah. you know, what is, you know, what are your monthly reoccurring entertainment expenses and say, how do I really need this, that or whatever? Or just taking a but hard look. I like, like the premise. It's like just, we only go out to eat like maybe a couple times a month. It's like, really, really, really? How many times do you order takeout? <laughs> really? I bet you eat out a lot more than you think you do. Yeah. Well, and that's actually one thing. So I don't like having a budget. Because I'm just not really good at them. But if I want to wake myself up for how much money I'm spending on something, I will spend like I normally do, but then track everything. It's basically the Weight Watchers concept, right? Log all the food you're eating, and you're going to eat less food. Same thing happens with a budget. If you just go back, and you can do this retroactively. Like, go to your credit card statements and just say, all right, how much money did I spend on food this month? How much money did I spend on entertainment, on gas, on whatever? Just Take a look at your statements and that if that wakes you up being like, I spent, you know, it's not unreasonable to spend four or $500 on eating out a mo- in a month. Yeah. I mean, that's easy to do. So it's worth like paying attention to that. Even groceries. Um, you know, I, I've stopped going grocery shopping as much because I would go out, go grocery shopping, come back, and then half the food would go bad because I was going out to eat on top of having groceries. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to slow down on that. And now I'm I'm doing uh, HelloFresh, which delivers like meals. So I get four meals a week, all the groceries I need, vegetables, all the meats, everything are in one thing. And I just make a goal of making sure I eat those things. I prepare those foods that keeps me from going out. And it saves me money on groceries because I'm not wasting a bunch of stuff. So for me, that switch worked. And even though it seems like it's expensive, when I compare it to yeah, groceries and I compare it to eating money. out, yeah. yeah, you're actually saving money on it. So, and I'm saying that works for everybody, but it's working for us. And I also like enjoy cooking and it's the recipes are pretty easy to follow and kind of fun. Um, if you'd like but to this be last a sponsor, one, I think probably, please get in contact with us. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would pimp HelloFresh. I would. I'd be like, yeah, let's because I I actually got um, a friend of ours, Creon. Um, I'm like, no, 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 you should do this. He likes cooking at home and he doesn't like going out and shopping. And I'm just like, just try it. Like, try it for a week. And if you don't like it, you can just cancel. Carmen and I use HelloFresh for months a while back. Um, we stopped it for uninteresting reasons, but uh, we liked it. Yeah, like it's it's great. So um, it's way of the different ones. I've tried like three or four different ones. This is the one that I could see myself sticking with much longer than any of the other one. Um, all right. And this last one, I think, is good advice in general. Um, they call it creating a sinking fund for your hobby, uh, which is basically just like a savings, a nest egg or a savings something for it. Um, it's just a fancy name for an account that you use to save up money for a specific purpose. I'm like, all right, that makes sense. So Instead of spending money and then trying to, you know, spend money on a credit card and trying to find a way to pay the credit card, save it up first and then spend it. But you don't necessarily have to save it for something specific. You can just save up money. Say you're saving, you know, $25 a week for board games. And now 
I'm like, well, I have $100 in my board game fund. This game is coming out on Kickstarter. <sighs> is it something I really want? Is it worth all of my board game fund to get this? Or should I wait and see if I really like it or if there's something else that comes up? Like if you if you say that this is how much money I have, then you can be a little bit more conscious as to how much you spend. And I was doing that with Kickstarters for a while where I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to spend more than this. And then I just decided that not backing them at all is probably better. So I get it. <laughs> I can save so much it's money not if none. I any of these it's, games. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's not none. It's it's much a little smaller though. I don't know. I still probably I'd say ten to fifteen a year. Um it's just the types of games and what I'm backing is very different than what I was doing before. Like Oathborn or Orth Oathsworn? Orth Oh, what's the oath? Someone tell me what the oath one is I'm thinking about. It's the big, hot RPG in a box one that's out right now. And they, so it's just shipped. It's gotten great reviews. And there's a now Kickstarter out for it again. I have no interest in another giant campaign game, no matter how good it is. Oathsworn. Thank you, Jonathan. Joshua, sorry. Um, I have no interest in that type of game anymore. I have too many of them. Most of them I get and I don't play. And I'm just like, I'm not even going to look into it. This could be the greatest game in the entire world. I'm not looking at it. I don't care. My <laughs> life is just fine. It's just fine without that game. Yeah. Um, but now that I've said it, let's go to Kickstarter and see how much an all-in for this is. Oh and see God. how much I have saved so that I can instead go on vacation. Flash forward to this. Chris 30 minutes later. He's going all-in on it. And Kickstarter later. convinced him. All right, so scroll all the way down. Mm-hmm. Oaths Warren. Collectors all in pledge. Um, $375. Plus, if you're in Europe, playing 15% VAT. And let's see what the shipping is on this. In, in the U.S., they're claiming shipping will be $50. So all said and done, we're looking at $425 for a game <laughs> they literally show a dolly with all the stuff that you get that I am not going to own. And therefore, I just saved myself a half a thousand dollars. I'm rounding. But yeah, that's that's and again, Chris, two years ago, probably would have just backed this because it's the current hotness. Would you have backed it? All and I'd be like, yep, I must have it. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, no, no, no. I've regretted too many Kickstarters where I've gotten partial in and I'm like, oh, but now I want everything. And so now it's all or nothing. It's always all or nothing. So that's, it makes an easier decision too. It's like, if I'm not willing to go all in, then, I'm not then I don't need it. Yeah, I don't need it. So my the most recent one that I did where I bought it because it was the current hotness and immediately regretted it was Etherfields. And it is currently, I got like, the second Kickstarter version of it. And it's currently sitting not unopened upstairs in my uh, dining room. I have like, I'm probably just going to try to sell it on eBay, but it's going to cost me like $50 to ship it. So yeah. Um, now Joshua Mess says, imagine how much money you'd save if you didn't get Marvel United. That is true. I would have saved money. However, I love Marvel United. That's a game I don't regret because I love playing that game. I love having it. I love doing all the stuffs with it. So I don't mind that. Same thing for Arkham Horror, the card game. You know, it's that was a trickle over many years, but that collection is worth, or at least I don't know if it's worth it, but I've paid a ton of money for that collection. It's just over time. Or Keyforge. I'm always bringing that out. Um, Keyforge. Yes. It's one of those things where like we travel for Keyforge. That's another thing. Why? We're going to go to Keyforge Celebration in two weeks, in, in two weekends from now. And I'm going to have to pay a sitter to stay with our kids for three days because apparently you can't leave them alone by themselves. And <laughs> that's going to cost me probably $300 so to $400. Now I'm assigned to my house. <laughs> I know. I know. They come and they check up and stuff. Um, we're going to drive there and back. So we're not flying, but that's still going to be $100 in gas easy. Um, then we have a hotel. How far is it? It's not and that that's far away, two, right? It's Minneapolis. It's like six hours. Okay. Yeah, it's not um, crazy. It's not terrible. Um, but then we're going to be in a hotel for three nights, uh, two or three nights. So that's another four or $500. And then the event itself is $75. So all said and done, we're going to drop $1,000 to go and play Keyforge for two days. It's less than the, that's what you insane. paid for the Keyforge all in. 
It is, but we're going to come away with a few extra decks that we had that we played there. We're not going to come away with any product, right? It's just we spent that much money for the privilege of playing the game at this event. And everyone who's going to this event is doing that. And everyone who's ever gone to a convention has done the same thing. You know, maybe not with paying for childcare. Typically, we don't have to because her parents can take them, but they're also out of town that weekend. Um, But everybody does that. Not everybody, but anybody who goes to these conventions and stuff, that's that's just par for the course. Now, you talk about traveling. You're spending that the same amount of money going to Texas and going to Los Angeles. Um, you're probably staying with your parents in Texas, I assume. Yeah. So you're not there. but And you may be staying with someone in Los Angeles. But when you're traveling, it's a similar thing. You're paying to travel and stay someplace. It's expensive. And you're paying for that experience. So is that a gaming expense because we're going to play a game or is it a travel expense because we're traveling someplace to play a game? I don't know. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I guess I would just, it's probably a traveling expense, right? Like gaming would be like one thing and traveling would be another. I mean, I understand it's for travel. I mean, it's for game, but like, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably just consider it a traveling expense, but it's, it's for something that you want to do. Like you're going not because of tra- you're not going to Minneapolis because it's like, Oh, I want to tour the city of Minneapolis and I want to, you know, taste the local flavors. It's like, no, I'm going there for this one specific thing. Cause I want to play Keyforge with my friends and a bunch of new people. And this is what I want to do. So, I mean, yes, it's travel, but it's travel for a very specific purpose. Yeah. And that's, and that's how, I mean, it's kind of how I have to look at it. Because if I looked at it any other way, it's like, wait a minute, I'm spending $1,000 to go on this trip. Why don't I just buy another, you know, four cases of Keyforge? <laughs> and I look at it the exact opposite <laughs> way. I'm like, wow, like this game is, I could go all, all in for $1,000? That's a, that's a nice vacation. Peter actually just came up with a great idea. We could rent the kids out and then they could be used by single parents to try to pick up other single parents um Does i'm not sure how morally it might i don't know maybe if you put them on a leash in a park they can be cute like we can <laughs> dress them up pretty cute hmm yeah let me check with cps and see if that's a that'll work they're good with dogs we'll find out. <laughs> or at least they're good with marcus <laughs> they are yes they do like dogs now they're good kids i love my kids i would bring them with except for it would be torture for them more torture for them than than for me so it's like yeah we will let you have fun with your um cousin yes we're having their cousin come up all right let's be done talking about spending money and just say summarize it this way if you have the money to spend on games go for it don't feel guilty about it in the meantime Three people have won a $30 membership to the board game arena site thing. Um, and we're going <laughs> to draw those. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to draw those days right now. So I'm going to quickly um, in register the first that, group. Uh, that, that website board game arena site thing.net <laughs> board game arena site. Um, random number. We're going to the internet. That's going to make a random number. All right. So our first batch is going to be uh, one through seventeen, and the winner is number two. So that is um, because it doesn't count. Kitty and I. It skips over the actual number two slot and goes to number three, which is Tiagayaba, Tiagoaba, Ty. You know who you are. T-I-A-G-O-A-O-B. That's a lot of vowels. Yeah. Go out. Go out. I don't know. It's like... See? Yeah. <laughs> go. All right. In the second group, we're 1 to 18. Go-wab. And no... Those squats get skipped. I don't know. Ant Go-Wab. Tia Go-Wab. <laughs> there we go. All right. And that one is number 12. So we go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, uh, 2, 5. That's easy. The number two and the word five, two, five. Um, all right. So all you got to do, hit me up on Discord and I will get your code for that. And then finally, in the finals, there are seven qualified people. So I will generate a number between one and seven. And the winner is number three, which skips me one, two, three. So that's Michael Y2 is our third winner. So hit me up on Discord. I will get you uh, your uh, $30 bga thing if you already are a premium member and only if you already are a premium member um you can either choose to extend your bga give it to someone else or i can give you a 30 dollars gift card to wherever else you want 
All right, Fletcher, this episode has gone long. It's because Kitty wasn't here to keep us on track. So I will do the first part. You will do the second part. And I will say Table Up Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recordings Monday night at 8.30, but probably not next Monday because it's Halloween. Uh, Join our Discord to continue the conversation. This is where we want all our feedback these days. Um, And you can also... Any links to Discord or BGA or all of that, those are in the show notes. Uh, just go to tabletopgametalk.com and you can find all of that. Oh, is it my turn to speak? Because you didn't follow that at all. <laughs> I never follow the script. I write I, the it script wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yassi, Tolkien Fan Forever, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan C., Darren McClellan, David Garner, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Slander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Justin Willer, Jerry Wong, Sean P. Kelly, Christy Keel, Monica Witchman, and Michael27. Wow, that was good. And thank you to everyone who's ever been a patron. Your support means the world to us. Best present and future. I just need to look off. <laughs> if you would like to be a patron, check out the links in the show notes. Until next week. Keep playing games and having fun. All right, Fletcher. So final question. How many D&D books do you own? So here's the fifth edition. I don't own any D&D books. (sighs) That's it. We're ending on that.